Amen. A couple of quick things before we do get started here this morning. I, I wanted you to, to be aware of coming up next Sunday. We're going to have a special day. It's a Sunday after Thanksgiving, and uh, we're going to have uh, communion, the Lord's Supper. We haven't had that in a while, and so we're going to have that, and uh, it's going to be a testimony time. And then it's also going to be uh, hymn Sunday. Uh, Caleb said it was going to be a day where we do the hymns. And so uh, that's kind of one of the uh, throwbacks, but a lot of people love that day, you know. And uh, there's still some of those uh, hymns that, I, hey, I grew up singing them all the time. But we're going to have that next Sunday. And then in uh, first Sunday starting in December and through the month, uh, I'll be starting a series called the, the, the Greatest Story Ever Told. And so that's going to be really cool as we look through the story of Christmas. And so I'm excited about it. Isn't it crazy that we're already talking about all that this time of year? Seems like it just, summer has stayed so long, it just seems like this all has just slipped up on us. But uh, I, I do say this, I am, this is probably one of my favorite times of the year, to be honest with you. It's the week right here before Thanksgiving uh, it's the fall I guess I love the fall I love to see the change of the well we say the leaves change really the leaves are that color uh, it's the chloroform that is on the leaves that makes them green you know but the true identity of the leaf comes out when the temperature changed in the chloroform leaves y'all y'all know that y'all uh, well, I hope you did if you didn't you learned something in church today look at your neighbor and said I did learn something in church today all right, okay. Well, when you see that leaf and you go, wow, that's what it was intended to look like, you know, but then it just comes out and it blows you away this time of year. But I love the fall. I love the season. I love that. But, you know, I was, I was telling, uh, I was talking to Ken before the service, uh, the thing that I love about this time of year is, is Thanksgiving, is the be with family. And, of course, we enjoy the meal. We love the food, the fun, football, or whatever, getting with the family. And it's, it's different from Christmas. And I'm, I'm still a little bit old-fashioned, y'all. I'm one of those that, that do not put up Christmas decorations before Thanksgiving. Anybody with me in the room? Uh, okay. There's a few. Now, some of you are such so excited about Christmas, you already have it up. And you're good to go, and you're going to celebrate Christmas for a long time this year. Hey, what, if that's your home, you know, great. But I'm, I'm just one of these that values that week. And really, you know, you don't have to worry about the gifts and the shopping and all of that until the day after Thanksgiving. But, you know, but anyway, I just love this week and this time with family. You know, the older you get, and I'll assure you of this, the older we get, the more you value that time with family. Amen? As time and the clock ticks on, it's a time where we get together and we're thankful. We're grateful. Years ago, I look at Bruce back here and he knows where I'm going with this story, but years ago, golly, uh, I was 
I was given the assignment to preach, you know, the Sunday after Thanksgiving, and, uh, and it's usually one of those nobody wants to speak on because everybody seems to be gone out of town. But I preached a message that Thanksgiving year, and it was called An Attitude of Gratitude. And um, my brother came in, and little did I know he had just been diagnosed with cancer. And he, he said, if it wasn't a message meant for anybody else in the room today, it was meant for me. And that was how many years ago now? It was, it's 11 years ago it's been, hadn't it? It was 2000. That's hard to believe. 2007. He's still here today, folks. That's a praise, isn't it? That's something to be thankful for. Now, it don't always work out like that with everybody. I wish it would. I wish everybody's story would have been like Bruce's, you know. But some of them, they get it, and within six months, they're gone. But he's still here because the Lord knew that we were going to be starting a place called Gratis. And, and he knows. He, God knew we needed him through that process. And, and God knows there's some men out there that meet on Wednesday nights that needed to hear the wisdom that he shares with them. And so, see, God knows all those stories. And he knows, I shared it last week, he knows the outcome of every direction that we might take in our lives. And so I said all of that to, to go into a message today I've entitled, a, a Life Led by Grace and Overflowing with Gratitude. A Life Led by fr Grace and Overflowing with Gratitude. Our text for today is found in Colossians chapter 2. Verses 6 and 7. Colossians chapter 2, verses 6 and 7. And the backstory of this message takes me all the way back many years ago to the time in our, our journey that we were looking to start Gratis Church. And I remember reading Ravi Zachariah's book, uh, Recapture the Wonder. And I remember being in uh, India at the time on a mission trip. And I remember reading that book and seeing the word gratis. And I went, heck, I'm reading, I saw this phrase gratis, and I was like, we're building a home in gratis. And the word gratis, our English word gratitude, comes out of it. And also, it's a word of thankfulness. In fact, and when I read this text here in a minute, the New American Standard is what I speak out of. It uses the word gratitude, but a lot of the versions use the word thanksgiving or thankfulness. So that's what our English word comes out of it. The Spanish word for gratis means free at no cost. And I always joke with them at the gratis store. This is the free store where everything's free. You, you try to walk out of there. I did one day. I actually went in, got a coat, and walked out. And I got home, and I said, I didn't even pay for it. But I did go back later and gave them my dollar. You know, I'll, Angie gets on to me for buying that dollar Coke all the time, but I can't help myself. That's my weakness in my life. Y'all pray for me. Pray for me in that area, okay? Some folks have their coffee and they buy these $5 Starbucks. I ain't paying $5 for no cup of coffee, y'all. I'm just too stingy uh, when it comes to that. But some of y'all do. More power to you. Starbucks would not exist if it uh, depended on people like me. <laughs> so they need you. But anyway, the backstory of this attitude of gratitude is one of seeing that actually out of the meaning of our name as a church, 
should flow thanksgiving and gratitude. And then when you look at the Latin meaning of the word gratis, it's actually grace. And we're going to see that as we look into this story today. Let's read the text, and it begins here in verse 6 of Colossians 2. It says, Therefore, as you have received Christ Jesus the Lord, so walk in him, having been firmly rooted and now being built up in him and established in your faith, just as you were instructed, and notice this last phrase, and overflowing with gratitude. Wow. Paul's speaking to believers in this, this church in a town called Colossae. And it's in fact, as he says this, he says, as you have received. Notice, have received is past tense. It's meaning that he's speaking to a group of believers at this point. They have already received Jesus Christ as Lord. And so he, he's acknowledging that. And it brings up the question that, is, that just jumps off the page when you, when you read the text. You ask the question, well, as you have received Christ Jesus, well, how did I receive Christ Jesus? How does someone receive Jesus Christ as their Lord and Savior? And that takes me to a text that is found in Ephesians chapter 2, verses 8 and 9. And the Word of God says, For we are saved by grace through faith, and that not of yourselves. It's a gift of God. It's not of works, lest any man should boast. So how does a person receive Jesus Christ as their Lord and Savior? It's by grace through faith. That's how. So what Paul is telling this church, and he's reminding and telling us today, as you have received Christ Jesus the Lord, how did I receive him? By grace, <laughs> through faith. So I am to live a life led by grace. Because he says, he gives the command next in verse 6, so walk in him. Now, it's interesting, this word walk literally means lead your life. Lead your life. That's what the word walk means. So, in other words, let your life be led by grace. Let grace be a description of what your life is. Man, you are a person of grace. You were saved by grace. You are living the grace-filled life. Now, I know, uh, I know a lot of people that are saved by God's grace, but they're not living it. They're still living under the law. They're still living under a legalistic system is what they're doing. And listen, that's not what God's intended. Grace is, grace is God giving us something that we don't deserve. That's what grace is. It's unmerited favor. There's no way we could earn God's favor. But God extended his grace to each and every one of us. And that's what grace is. And he's saying, as you have received Christ Jesus, the Lord so walk in him. So if I receive Jesus by grace through faith, that means every day of my life, I should walk by grace through faith. Does that make sense? As you received him, that's how I received him. So now, 
lead your life. Let your life be led by that. Walk in it. It's the daily walk is what he's given us. So, boy, this is some really cool insight and instruction. This is a command that Paul was giving to this church. And it's, it applies to us today too, church, doesn't it? It really does. Now, this kind of, this is where it gets to that point of uh, examining ourselves. Because when somebody looks at your life and how you lead it on a daily basis, would they say this about you and about me? Would they say, man, that is a person whose life is being led by grace? Boy, they are living the grace life. Boy, just look at how they handle themselves, how they deal with people, how people try to make them mad, but they don't get mad. How people upset them, but boy, they, they hold, they walk in that. They live in that. They, they show others the grace of God. Hmm. Boy, I, I tell you, this is when it, it gets tough when you start looking in the mirror and start looking at your own life, and, and you begin to say, would this describe who I am? Do I have this attitude? Or what kind of attitude am I exhibiting each day on a daily basis? Those closest to us know us best, don't they? They see our warts. They see the good, the bad, and the ugly every day. But the people out in the public might only see what part of you? The good side? Or do they see, oh, man, you see that person over there? Whoo, they got an attitude. Man, they got an attitude. They need an attitude adjustment is what they need. <laughs> oh, Jerry Reed had it right, didn't he? When he, he said that. They need, I think he wrote a song or something about it. They need an attitude adjustment uh, along the line. But anyway, the command, let your life be led by grace. I want, to, I want you to see three key things in this text today that the Lord has shown me. And that is, the first one is this. Believers are to be living a life grounded in grace. That's the first thing I'm giving you. Believers, all of us, including myself, we should be living a life that is grounded in grace. How do I know this? Look at verse 7. He says, having been firmly rooted. Paul is speaking there in that text. He's given us insight. Okay, we're saved by grace through faith. Now we're to walk in it. We are firmly rooted. Firmly rooted in grace. We're grounded. How's it, how's it, how important is it to be grounded in something? Man, it's not moving. It is there. Any of you ever been out fishing on a boat and you throw the anchor out and you realize it's not grounded? You ever been doing that before? And you look up and you go, wait a minute, I'm not over the spot I'm supposed to be over. Well, the anchor's not holding, is it? Something's wrong. The anchor's moving and you're not grounded. Anybody ever dealt with any electricity or working with it and something wasn't grounded properly? You might have got the shock of your life. Okay? <laughs> but you know what I'm talking about. But listen. What's important for us is to be knowing that, like it says, you have been firmly grounded in grace. Man, so in other words, this is something 
that's part of my root system. This is something, Grandma, I stand on. I stand on it because I am grounded in grace. And so if I'm grounded in grace, that means grace has to come up out of me as a byproduct of that. It's like my, my neighbor, Brother Johnny, I parked my tractor over at his barn. And, and as I walk to that barn every time, he's got this muscadine vine there. And, and I love the fruit of it in the fall. But that vine is coming out of that ground and it goes all down this little trellis thing that he has there and lots of beautiful grapes are on there. And I get to enjoy them, but I always look at the branches and I see the fruit, but it's grounded over here. And everything comes out of that because it's grounded with that root system. And that's what he's giving us a word picture here. He's saying... Having been firmly rooted, firmly rooted. Have you, ever, have you ever gone out and tried to pull up some weeds in a garden? Have you ever done that before? Or you might just take a hoe and just chop them down. Well, you can chop down some weeds, but if you don't get to that, that root, we used to call it nutgrass. Some of y'all know nodding your head. Nutgrass has a little old ball in the bottom under the ground. And if you don't pull that out of the ground, guess what? It's coming back. Because of the root system, that nutgrass, that nut that's down in there, if you chop it off, don't matter. It's coming back. I've had some weeds, and I'd go out there before, and some of them old weeds you go to pulling on, and man, you go, man, I, don't, I can't get this thing out of the ground. Now, it would be ridiculous. I love to deer hunt, but it would be ridiculous if I went out there to the church property. Y'all know our big oak tree that we got at the church property. And I bet several of us, me and you, Russ, we could go and put our hands like this and probably not even touch each other around that tree. Now, that tree is firmly rooted somewhere because how many of us could try to go out there and say, okay, we're going to pull this tree up out of the ground? Uh-uh, that ain't happening. When the storms and the troubles and the trials come our way, and they're coming, y'all, and some of you are in them right now, you've got to know what this verse means. I am firmly rooted in grace. I'm firmly rooted. I'm firmly rooted in grace. Because you know what? The devil is going to try to make you think God is so far from you. People don't care about you. Nobody loves you. And that's where I have to go back to where I'm firmly rooted. Where am I firmly rooted? I'm firmly rooted in the grace of the Lord Jesus Christ. That's good. Next is this. Not only am I firmly rooted and grounded in God's grace, believers are to be living a life growing in grace. He says these words, having been firmly rooted and now being built up in him and established in your faith as you were instructed. So he gives us this insight. Not only is the grace leading a life of grace is, yes, salvation is the first part of it, 
But it's a journey, y'all. We're to grow. And what makes us grow? This past week, golly, you know, somebody posted on Facebook on Thursday, uh, has anybody recognized this in the state of Georgia over the last four days? And it was a picture of the sun. The sun was setting. Because Monday, Tuesday, Wednesday, we didn't see it, did we? Man, it was rainy, gloomy. How many of y'all just didn't want to go to work on Monday or Tuesday or Wednesday? How many of you didn't want to go to school? How many of you didn't want to get out of bed? Yeah, you know. But you had to. Listen, listen, I'm just telling you, life is like that. The enemy throws those seasons in our life that are, were like Monday, Tuesday, Wednesday of this week. And we go, finally we see the sun on Thursday. And you get, I love the song. And, I, and even as we did that first song, thank you for the sun that shines on my face. I was being reminded, yeah, we don't even thank him. But here's the reality, and you know it. The sun was there all the time, wasn't it? But the clouds and the rain and the storms came. And the sun was there, but the circumstances made it seem like it wasn't there. But God was there. But through this process, the sun provides all, all the growth, but the rain provides it too. And the rain is needed for things to grow. And so God uses the circumstances of our life, the trials and the tribulations, to grow us, to establish us. He says it right here that we're being built up in him. I know anybody that, that works out or you go through therapy, man, you got to tear something down in order to build it back up. When you work out, you work out muscles in order to tear them down, in order to build and get stronger. And listen, that's the way life is too. I wish, listen, this, this, this life is not fair. I can tell you that. It's not fair that a 17-year-old boy has lost his mom at such an early age. It's not fair for some of you that you've had something happen to you. That is not fair. But through these times of our life, we have to ask ourselves, am I grounded? And God, I don't understand why this is happening in my life. But you have said that you cause all things to work together for my good. And I don't, that doesn't make sense at all. No sense whatsoever. But I know you love me. And I know that somehow, in some way, good is going to come out of this down the road. That is being built up in God's grace. That is what it means when it says established in your faith. Established in your faith. Because if you, if you don't have that, like I said earlier in the prayer, if you don't have that, what do you have? What do you have? If you don't have God who's grounded you and his Jesus whose grace is with you and he loves you and he's growing you, he's with you, he's promised you, he's never going to leave you, never going to forsake you, if you don't have that, what are you turning to? 
I tell you what the world turns to. They've turned to alcohol, drugs, money, greed, power, you name it. They turned to all of that. Or hatred. They turned to murder. Mad. Just want to destroy. That's what the world turns to. But where do we go? We deal with all this crap, but then we have to settle into the fact that, listen, I'm grounded in God's grace. I'm rooted in it. And I'm, God's using this somehow to grow me in his grace. I can't tell you how many stories that Bruce has told me of people he's encountered in the hospital through the years and shared with them. And because of his story, they were impacted by it. Amen? That happens. It does. Stacy Stacy Luna was telling me a story before church this morning that she changed her insurance companies and one of her medicines was going to, was not going to be provided and, and she was sitting there going, we don't know how we're going to be able to even afford it. It was $300 out of pocket for this medicine. Well, her husband Tony called up the pharmaceutical company and they checked some things and they ended up giving her a scholarship. And so she's got her medicines for a whole year. And she was just overflowing with gratitude out there because of that. And I, and I just stopped her and I said, Stacy, thank you for sharing that story. Thank you. Because that's a God thing. And we don't, we don't ever want to take anything for granted. She was just relieved from that. But it, it was a growing of her faith. And we even had, we almost had part of the message before church even started, okay? Right here in the hallway. So, those are the first two points. Believers are to be living a life grounded in grace, and be, believers are to be living a life growing in grace. And here's the final one. Believers are to be living a life overflowing with gratitude, or overflowing with grace. Same meaning, overflowing with gratitude. A life overflowing with gratitude. Now, when I say the word overflowing, what comes to your mind? What, do you th what word picture comes to you immediately? Anyone? What? I couldn't hear you. Plentiful. Okay. I, I heard you now. I... I hear these fans, and I hear the ringing in my ears. That's what you have to look forward to the older you get. Amen. My, and the people say, hey, do you hear that? What? But, okay. Yeah. It's called selective hearing for some folks. <laughs> Plentiful. What about someone else? My, my, my wife said she has done this numerous times. She had gone, turned on the faucet to the tub, and the water overflowed. Has anybody ever had that happen to you before? She said, doesn't everybody do that? I said, no, sweetie, I've never done that. Because <laughs> when I turn it on, I get in it. Amen? But see, my wife, is, she'll go turn the faucet on, and she'll go over to the other room and start doing chores, and she forgets she even turned that faucet on. Hey, I, I'm just telling you, y'all. Life's exciting. Life's exciting. But I'm thankful. I'm thankful. I'm, 
Okay, I'm, I'm actually giving you an illustration of what you shouldn't do. So I better move on quickly. Quickly. Overflowing. But that's usually the picture. We usually associate it with water, something that's overflowing. But really, the, the word picture that you should see is, okay, it's a tub or a container. But it's plentiful. Something is so much going on that it's now coming outside of its original intended container. And it's flowing out of it and spreading. So that's overflowing. And that's what I want you to get today. And that's what God is revealing to me. And that is, Mike, is your life so grounded and so growing in grace and rooted into it that when people encounter you and when people meet you, when people get to know you, that they see an overflowing of God's grace out of your life to where it is and is gratitude everywhere. It's just overflowing. Your gratefulness, your thankfulness for what God has done in your life is just flowing over that it's oozing out, as we used to say. It's oozing out and it's affecting others. You know, I, I do tell a few Jerry Clower jokes through the years, and I know I date myself, but one of the funniest stories I ever heard was when he talked about the, the worst dog fight he ever caused in his life was when he took a, a bowl of his mama's boiled okra out to the dog pen. Now, I don't know if any of y'all have ever held boiled okra, but that stuff is the slimiest, and it oozes all out of the pan, okay? But he had a pan full of it, and it was just oozing all out. If, you know, somebody said, I ate so much boiled okra when I was a boy, I couldn't keep my socks up. Now, some of y'all were going to get that after lunch, and some of y'all just got it. But, but the story goes, he takes this, and this slimy, oozing, all overflowing okra out to the dog pan, and he poured it in, and this old... Hound dog sucked it down so fast that he thought this dog ate it and he jumped on him. Caused the worst dog fight he'd ever seen in his life. Now, that's Jerry Clower joke. But the truth is, when people, no joke aside, when people see your life and my life, do they see that attitude? Do they see thanksgiving, gratitude just overflowing out of you. Even through that tough time. It's easy to be thankful in the good time, but even in that tough time. There was a person that we used to have in our neighborhood that had cancer, and I'd see them out walking every day. And I'm going to tell you, they were beaming. Their countenance, if you saw their face, you would never know that individual had cancer. you never know it. And yes, one day they quit walking. And we come to find out that they had, he died. But his attitude never changed. He kept that joy. And he kept that love. Because, and I, and I, I mean, that is contagious. That, his life 
overflowed over into my home to where I saw it and it affected me. That's overflowing with gratitude. Does that make sense? And when you are in that workplace and you're in that situation or, or in that home or at that ball field and it begins to overflow, others will see it and they'll take note. They'll notice it. Man, that person has got the right attitude of thankfulness and gratitude. Overflowing with gratitude. So, a life led by God's grace. Grounded, growing, and overflowing. Well, here's what I'm going to get you to close with. I want to challenge you. Before the day is over, I want you to just sit down and write ten things down that you're thankful for. Just ten things. And let me tell you, by the time you get to the tenth one, you'll begin to experience God's grace working in your life. This morning, on a cool, cold morning, when you got five people in your house, you thank God for hot water. And I got up early to get the hot water. But you know what? I got it. But while I was getting it, I thought about all those others that needed hot water. And I cut it back because I knew they needed it too. Now, I'm going to tell you, selfishly, I would have wanted more hot water. But unselfishly, through God's grace, I knew they needed it. That's what it's all about, the little things. But did you thank God for hot water this morning? I did. I've been in parts of the world where there was no water, much less hot water, on a 40-degree morning. <laughs> the little things always lead to the big things. Amen. Let's pray. Father.